I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Alana Pratt, author, relationship expert, and intimacy coach. And we're going to be talking about practical advice for fathers, particularly in this age of COVID-19. Men are typically told to be successful, be a handyman, and be our hero all at the same time. That's challenging during the best of times, yet during COVID, all the uncertainty makes it downright overwhelming. Many men's purpose and identity are being shaken to the core. How can dads help build confidence in the family in the face of the unknown? Alana Pratt offers practical advice for fathers and their families to thrive confidently during this time. She's been chosen as an icon of influence, was a weekly columnist for the Good Men Project, and has been featured in the Huff Post, People, Forbes, and on CBS, TLC, and Fox, and many more. Welcome to the show, Alana. Great to have you here. Oh, Catherine, thank you for having me. It is great to be here. And you're right, it is such a challenging time for everybody, especially fathers, men, dads. Yeah. All right. So I guess the first question, I talk to a lot of my guests about issues that women have. Now we're going to be talking about men. Why are you the expert on men? Let's get well, into very, that. Yeah. It's very funny. Two ladies here talking about men, right? Yes. <laughs> um, I didn't... Uh, set out to be a coach of men. I was coaching women for at least a decade, maybe even 15 years. And yet in the background, I was going through a really nasty custody battle. And I was becoming really bitter. And I believe the universe, and whether you believe in the divine, God, the universe, whatever word is, is beautiful for you. But I believe this power was noticing that I, my heart was closing and I was getting very bitter. And so out of the blue, I started being asked to be interviewed on these men's dating programs, not just women's. And there was this message in my heart that just bubbled up with compassion that I'm so grateful for because it opened my heart and I didn't end up being, you know, a bitter woman. And I really realized that men's hearts are the same as women's hearts. There is no change, whether it is race, culture, gender, sexual orientation, any of it. We all have the same heart and the same wounds in the heart. And it made me really understand that everybody requires that compassionate listener, that non-judgmental listener, that unconditionally loving listener. So I started working with all these men. And I realized that many of them never had a mother figure or a ex-wife or, or current, current girlfriend that, that just could listen without interrupting, that could be that safe space when they didn't win, like they didn't know how to come home and say, I lost the battle today, not the real battle, but the, the, you know, the symbolic battle. They didn't know how to be vulnerable with their women. And the women had this, uh, at least the ones they were married to or dating, had this point of view that they had to be the winner every time, perfect every time, you know, relying on you to protect me. There was no space to be human, to be vulnerable. So you're saying, so, became, Alana, so what you're saying is that there, yes, we are the same. We have the same heart, men and women, but there are differences in terms of what expectations, expectations for men are different than expectations for women, which obviously well affects our relationship, right? And our intimacy, we expect... I guess, do we still expect what you're saying is the men to be strong, not to be vulnerable, not to talk about what went wrong during the day, yet women 
women don't seem to have too much difficulty with that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Not a lot of permission to see them wobbly, cry, uncertain, not know what they're doing, fail, get fired. Things don't turn out the way, you know, expectations. And, And they felt a lot of pressure. They didn't know how to just be real. They had to pull away. And then the women are like, where did you go? And, and, and I, I need you. And it was a lot of conflict within the relationship. So I, I became this space to just, mm, tell me more. Mm, you have every right to feel this way. Mm, I understand. And it allowed them to process their emotions to then go home to their relationship and be okay. And I thought, my goodness, we need to teach couples how to to be like this for each other and dissolve, as you said, those expectations so that anybody can come home and just say, hey, can I speak from my heart? I'm disappointed. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And let that be okay and not freak out the other partner who's relied on the other to keep everything together. Well, you've had so much experience counseling individuals, families, men, and women, and you mentioned, you know, it's important for couples, you work with couples and, and help them to be to, to be in a position where men can expose their vulnerabilities. But what about mothers? Mothers, I have three sons and three grandsons and mm. two brothers and an ex-husband and a boyfriend. So my whole life has just been men. Wow. <laughs> uh, and the, so my question is, doesn't it start with, with, with mother? Um that she has to allow her sons it's to be vulnerable it's okay to talk about your feelings to feel like you described it to feel sad to feel bad to you know if they experience a loss we can talk about it doesn't I, I mean, do agree yeah. i i love that you're such an amazing mom and grandmom and the rest <laughs> of it i'm a mom as well i have a boy he's 17 yeah, to create that safe space for our men to, to realize that we still champion their accomplishments and their achievements, but their worth is different. Their worth is not based on their achievements and accomplishments. Their worth is inherent. It, it always will be. And so to let those feelings be just as valid, every feeling be just as valid, every part of them be just as valid. And I think that when we women have not been raised like that ourselves by our moms and dads, we pass down that unconscious uh, projections and expectations onto our boys. I loved the opportunity to be able to be a mom of a boy and let it be safe for him to have all his different feelings, safe to talk about sex, safe to talk about his insecurities. And I'm divorced, so safe to talk about his feelings about going back and forth or being a kid that doesn't have, quote-unquote, the perfect family. It was a blessing to just learn to sit. I call it sit in the fire. It's like we want to fix. We don't want them to be sad. We don't want them to be uncomfortable. And, And so it's more about our inner discomfort as they share the news than it is them. So whenever I'm counseling couples or anybody practicing the qualities of listening, Like, are you really listening to understand or are you listening to be right, to be in control, to look good, to make sure they agree with you? That's not listening. That's manipulation. (laughs) So just to listen, to understand and not having any of it be personal allows the other to feel so safe, so seen and yes, so gotten. Have you seen any differences? I mean, I think there are differences right in the generations that things. Oh, yeah. uh, in terms of expectations for men and for women both, and that relationships have changed, um, that maybe daddy doesn't have to be the hero that he was, like, say, in the last generation. Um, it's not totally faded, but I think 
it, it has changed to some extent. Men take more, just in general, don't you think they take more um, interest and time and child care and those kinds of oh, things yeah. and women are working. I, and I want to bring it down to the, because now we all are all challenged in our relationships, whatever our relationships are, staying at home, you know, staring at each other in the face, not, as you said before the show, you don't get out much, which is really <laughs> true. Uh, and so what's happening in, co- you know, with having to stay home and facing each other and men and the expectations for men and what's the difference between, say, now and, you know, three months ago before we all went into the quarantine? Mm, yeah, Well, what I've noticed with my clients is that one of the main wounds that they come to me with, both men and women, is in general, this is stereotypically, but in general, dad never said, I love you, and dad never held me. He didn't have permission in his generation to to be like that or be trained, because it is a training to learn how to sit in your own fire and be present. And so now, I I encourage, there's no, nothing's going to come from blaming, but what did you learn that you liked? Keep it. What did you learn that didn't work for you? Change it. You have choice. And so men these days are very much about presence and listening and being centered and grounded. And instead of having the solution or fixing, which they notice doesn't work terribly well with their wife or whoever, um, to just be that space. Like that's it. Just be this spacious, patient, listening presence, like a rock, like the banks of the river. And they notice that the whole family calms down when they can just be that presence. Now, the presupposition to that is how does one do that when one's worth is based on fixing and changing and being in control? It's not going to work. And now we add COVID to the mix where you can't control anything and everything's uncertain. So this mm, spiritual practice, this life lesson, this personal growth where we can learn to find safety on the inside. No one ever taught us that. Safety was on the outside. Lock the doors. Get a, enough money in the bank account. Get a spouse. These are all these external things, get a good job. No, all of that now is very, very clear, can be taken away. And so the beauty, although it's a challenge, but the beautiful challenge is that what is it going to take for us to find safety, security, and approval, deep self-worth on the inside out, not the outside in. And so this allows us to come into, hmm, if the mind is not going to be relied on to figure out all this stuff, what can we rely on? The heart. And with heart math and so much quantum psychology and science out there to prove that the heart is far more intelligent, i.e. it sends 90% of the information to the brain, but the brain only sends 10% of the information to the heart. What? The heart is is 90% more intelligent in terms of intuition, instincts, knowing, like that uh uh-huh, uh-uh, pre-thought. And so the the men and the women and the couples that I work with, I'm like, okay, we're going to start practicing heart-centeredness, heart-coherence, heart-harmony, which even scientifically brings out the best in your brain, your prefrontal cortex where you can be creative. You know, start to value breath, slowing down, being in the heart, and the qualities of the heart, which are gratitude, kindness, compassion, empathy, and not just for the other, for yourself, like praise yourself. Well, what, put your I, hand I just on want your to stop heart. you there because I want to ask you, like specifically, when you and I'm assuming you probably have during uh, my friends who are social workers or psychologists or psychiatrists, uh, business is booming in the age of COVID. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, yes, on yeah, doing online counseling therapy, 
Um, but what's the presenting problem usually from a practical standpoint? Because dad nor mom can, in this situation that we're in, everything is so unpredictable. And if you've been sort of used to looking at dad to fix things, to be in control, and it's not going yeah. to happen, what is, what, what is the actual presenting problems of your, of your patients or of your clients? What are they? Yeah. Generally, they come because there's a lot of conflict. So we'd say that's like maybe the sprinkle on top of the ice cream cone of crap. <laughs> the sprinkle yeah. on the top is like we're just, a lot of conflict, a lot of fighting. But when you get, when you slow them down and you get them to feel what's underneath, like honor the authentic frustration, honor the authentic um, rage or, or what's going on underneath it is terror. Is 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 more than fear. It's like I can't control anything. There is no certainty that can give me confidence. I don't know how to pivot my business. I don't know what direction to, to go. Underneath that shame, I feel stupid. So there's a lot of deep-seated um, emotions that they don't know how to integrate. And they're used to doing strength, i.e. pushing, willpower, you know, all of that. They haven't gotten as good with bravery, which is courage, which is in the heart, which is more of a instinctual, intuitive way of being. So, so the, the problems are we're just fighting all the time. I'm like, yes, but why? Well, because they're annoying me here and irritating me about that. I said, yes, but why? And we get down to the bottom and it's like, they're scared. They're scared. And let's let that be okay. In fact, that's the, honestly, the healthy response, if you're not numbing yourself out, the healthy response to this is you should be scared. But that's, and then what do we do and how do we be with ourselves? And so I have these little processes. One of them is called Little You. And I get them to imagine because science says if we can do the image, the thought, the emotion, and the body sensation, all four elements, and we can address all four elements, we can integrate, heal, process that emotion into a higher integrated state of, of strength, compassion, um, surrender, bravery, etc. We need to get all four elements. So I get them to visualize little you inside their heart. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Just go with me here. Imagine and breathe through your heart. In the very back chamber is a little you who is uncertain, terrified, and needs you. And every time it pipes up in the form of nervousness, anxiety, frustration, fear, you symbolically, hit that little you with a two-by-four and shove it in the closet. (laughs) He or she is not feeling very good. What if we took an opposite approach in our mind's eye, in our session, in your meditation, on your walk outside, in your man cave time or your mom alone time? Put your hand on your heart and go within and go, hey, little one, hi, I'm so sorry for rejecting you or avoiding you. God, that must make you feel abandoned and even worse. I apologize. I'm scared too. I don't know what to do, but let's just be together. Tell me how you're feeling. And that's the practice of this validating, acknowledging, listening, seeking to understand, not fix with our little one inside. And then on the inside, we feel oh, a little more calmness, a little more. Who relief. initiates oh. the, who usually, because I'm listening to you, is this, would this be an individual session with a father or a, a couple's or a family session or how do you, 
you know, all of the above, all including, of the, all, including my group sessions. Like I have groups of people, 10, 15 people all the way down to a single session. And everybody across the board is coming to me, spinning a mile, minute, million miles a minute, trying to survive this, figure this out, mind, mind, spin, spin, fear, fear, grasp, grasp. And so I bring them back into the body and that doesn't feel fun at first. There's a lot of anxiety in there, overwhelm in there. So I process, process all the way down through all the various little you or heart, heart meditations, different ways until they can experience the embodiment of calmness. And then that's where our wisdom is. It's on the inside. Like I'm a smart chick. I went to Columbia University, but I'm not here to solve problems. Everybody has deep wisdom and knowing inside of them, but we can't hear it when we're spinning in our mind. It is deep within our knowing, within our heart. And I get them once they're calm and once they're in their body and once they can start to hear their instincts to ask questions of their being, not of their mind, not more brainstorming, but literally a body sensation of light, expansive, yes, or contractive, nauseous, stomach feeling knotted up, no. Like I start to teach them what a yes and a no feels like in their body in alignment with their truth in alignment with different actions they could take with the family, with the family budget, with date night, with pivoting with their job, all the practical things out there. Step one. Yeah, you know, you is talk about date night and you inside. talk about people. I, I was going to go date night because if you're not actually going out and you're staying home, and, and, and what about intimacy and sex during this? I mean, no one really talks about that, but you know, if you're stuck in an apartment. I, I do. <laughs> Yeah. Well, then I th- talk about it because I'm glad I have you on the show. What? Yeah. How does that work in this age of of uh, COVID and stuck in the house with everybody? And okay, I, I'm going to stop talking. Talk about no, sex. No, no, talk you're about awesome, intimacy. Catherine. You're awesome. <laughs> great, totally great question. So I encourage date night to continue, but you must be a little more creative about it. Maybe the kids are in the living room with a movie and you're over in, in a different part of the house for your date night, but still carve out that time to exhale, to be together, to listen, to be curious, to, hey, tell me something you want me to understand that you think I may not understand. So just the time and to show the kids that, hey, this is a priority and this matters. And mom and dad matter. This is a really great lesson about healthy boundaries and giving them the resilience to be on their own while you have your date night on the back porch, for example. Still prioritize. It feels good to be a priority to someone else rather than just move into this roommate energy. Now, we joke because sex is a little more challenging when there's everybody in the house, but I call it shed sex garage sex, laundry room sex. Like There's all these little rooms you can How find. How about the car? Little... You can go the back car, to being a nice. teenager. <laughs> totally, yeah, car sex, etc. And as we begin to feel more confident with different families or different friends that are healthy and that align with our ways of being safe in all of this, you can still have the kids go to a friend's house or a family member's house and truly have a night to yourself and really whoop it up really get out the candles, really allow the foreplay to be so nourishing because there isn't as much alone time as usual for yourself. You can't just go to any hotel. A lot of them are closed or or what have you. So you've got to work a little harder. But here's the thing. Deeper roots create higher shoots. When you put more time and effort into something, you get a larger benefit. So I know 
I know we're exhausted. I know we're scared. But be willing to take that extra step. Create the date night again. Be a little more creative. Um, be a little more romantic like in the beginning days. Even if they, if they like little notes, put little notes. If they like little texts, send them a little text. If it's just a single rose, bring them a single rose. If it's just a squeeze his bicep because you just think it's a sexy bicep, just do that. Just do the little things a lot more often to build back that appreciation and that chemistry. And, and then the last thing is also remember polarity. When we're living together all the time, it's very difficult to create this masculine feminine polarity because you're in each other's face all the time. So alone time, your own morning time, dad's you know, man cave or mom has her own mom time in the morning. Very important to, to do something feminine for your feminine energy women and masculine for your masculine energy so that when you come back together, you've got chemistry and polarity on your side as well. I think one of the things, it's key that you just mentioned in the beginning of this conversation, you said, don't become roommates. You don't want to be roommates. That's really important. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people. And of course, all the suggestions you just made, well, Preclude having that happen and boundaries and the other thing, boundaries between you, your, your, your spouse or your partner and the children, you know, that that's critical just as it is, you know, when you're not living together and quarantined and, uh, but those, those are critical things, maintaining those boundaries, like you said, and not becoming roommates and, and taking the, the suggestions that you just made. Um, mm. it, it really changes everything. It really does, because it's really easy, I think, for people just to, to get in this kind of routinized way of behaving and everybody just kind of goes through their routine. And as you say, there's the energy and the sexuality and the nurturing just goes by the by and you get into just doing the practical stuff, right? So Yes. There's some other little quick quick tips, Catherine. I'm just starting to work with another couple. They it's interesting. He lives in New Zealand, she lives in Australia, and they both are divorced and they both have kids and before COVID, they would literally fly back and forth two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. And now it's been like three, four months. They haven't been able to see each other. Um, and so I noticed they started to get into this, like she'd be more his mentor and he'd pull away like that, that honoring lover energy was gone because they were both just trying to fix the situation and fix their emotions and they were very much in their head on top of things not wanting to feel their own each unique emotions that they didn't know what to do with they didn't know how to navigate these intense emotions inside so instead they project onto the other person so in general if we could just start to call our husband wife our boyfriend girlfriend lover if you just use that word notice how that doesn't make you want to mother them or father them you know you're no oh my god whoa it's like a new pair of glasses that's my lover. And then and, and allow your lover to sit in their own fire. They're not broken. They're not a child. They might be uncomfortable. They might be scared. But, but see them as this brave individual who can handle their stuff, who can make a call to their, their therapist or their counselor or their coach like me, who can take their time out and read the book or do the meditation or go for that exercise. They, they got, they, they've got themselves. Believe in them. Don't meddle and fix and mentor and mother and all these energies. Like give them some space and some belief in them so that your energy is up under them, not down upon them of what they're doing wrong. And notice how they begin to have 
they flourish more. They feel more, you know, empowered within themselves because they can see you looking at them and they can feel your energy believing in them when you gaze at them by the simple word of calling them lover. It can change the entire dynamic. And we have a few minutes left. I know you talk about humor, too. This is something else that's important during this time. So how do we do that? You say de-stress with humor, because I think that also is so important. Yeah, I'm a dork. I love, <laughs> I love to sing and dance around the house and dress up crazy and do different things. Whatever it takes for me to get out of my seriousness and it's all so significant and blah, blah. So I love, like, um, talent shows. I love air band competitions. I love this kind of thing. So whether you're a couple or you've got a family, like what if it's just like air band night and everybody gets to like do their own song and dress up or or, or even take it into the, the tickle fights. That's really fun. Or the water fights. Like when is the last time you had a balloon fight, water fight in the backyard? Like do it tonight. These kind of things um, we rarely give ourselves permission for. I remember when my son was small, we said, let's be Cirque du Soleil dance and paint our bodies and dance around the backyard and on the trampoline. And I mean, he's 17 now. He thinks I'm an idiot. But back when he was four, he thought it was a lot of fun. So let yourself be a little bit outside the edges, a little naughty and, uh, and have fun. It'll give you so much energy and reconnect the family and reconnect yourself to that inner child within you that even though we're going through a global pandemic, it's okay to still have joy. It's okay to still exhale. It's okay to still open to miracles. Uh, great advice. I do that with my two-year-old twins, two, the two twins, two years old, four-year-old. I'm singing and dancing, singing Mr. Tambourine nice. Man, Bob Dylan, Peter, Paul, and Mary. I have the worst singing oh. voice. They think it's hysterical. I so look good. hysterical. And so, so I'm following your advice, and it does work. Just, you know, let yourself go. Um, this is the time to do it. Good, that's great yeah. advice. Yeah, de-stress with humor. Okay, so a couple of minutes left. Where, like, people who... Are listening want to get in touch with you I mean you are I, I see that you have five million viewers on YouTube so thank you uh, yeah, yeah I love answering people's questions so definitely go to YouTube and search what your uh, challenge is I'm sure there's a video somewhere my site is my name alanapratt.com there's an intimacy blind spot assessment there a lot of us we if we knew what to do we would do it but we can't see it it's a blind spot so that could be supportive for some people I have lots of different books that would be great to read. Some of them you can even listen to. And then lastly, I have a podcast. So it's called Intimate Conversations. I just interviewed John Gray yesterday for the second time. So um, lots of great content there as well to keep you busy during COVID. Yeah, lots of, you're busy during COVID. (laughs) You're probably more (laughs) busy. Right, as I said, probably more busier busier than ever. It's great to have you on the show today and, and great advice. Um, mm. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, thank you for the pleasure, Catherine. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure being here. Thank you. Be- I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 